in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Phoenix Mercury blew out the Las Vegas Aces 117-91 last night. The series is now tied at 1. Diana Taurasi, I guess you could say she ripped their hearts out. She had a career playoff high, 37 points. She made 8 of her 11 three-point attempts. Uh, The Mercury as a team hit 14 of 26 from 3. 37 points for the 39-year-old. Pretty, Pretty good game. Day. Pretty uh, good game. Ripped their heart. I guess Bill Ambeer was right. She's not hurt. Yeah, she's not. Um, we'll have Sam Gordon eight thirty to talk about this. So, okay. So I understand why Lambeer would uh, question refs after the game. He's oh obviously he's God. he's obviously trying to get calls for the next game because when you give up one seventeen and you start whining about refs, you look like a complete buffoon. Uh, so my sense was that he's trying to get calls for the next game and put in their heads. It'd be the only reason to even talk about refs after giving up one seventeen. Um, the rest were not why Griner and, and Tarasi killed them. That's not why the Griner completely dominated. Uh, so I'll give him the out if he's trying to, you know, beg for a call or get a call in the next game. But when you give up 17, the only thing you should do is sit down and say, we got our butts kicked and then stand up and leave the podium and not I, even answer questions. Lamb beer. I'm getting a little tired of these referees and the way they referee us versus the other team. <laughs> okay. And just keep, kept going. Kept yeah, going. no, he kept going. Yeah. It was a very long quote about how they referee us like a champion, and we're not champions. Yeah. Well, not if you give up 117, you're not. They blew a whistle today before the foul even happened. They anticipated it happening, and they blew it to give Phoenix some free throws. That doesn't make any sense. That was wrong, and we're tired of it. And someone had to say something, and well, I just did. Let me ask you something. Is that when you're the champ, Shouldn't you be the ones getting, getting the, the calls? Whistle? Yeah, I was a little confused. So what is he talking he about? He said they treat us like champions. We get a champion's whistle. We're not. Champions get calls. Yeah, I was a little confused by that, too. <laughs> what is he talking about? A little about? confusing. Unless, I don't know. Does he think there's some WNBA conspiracy that whoever the champion is gets worse calls the next year? That's really a big leap. <laughs> Boy, that's a hurdle, man, to get over that and think of that. So, yeah, they got blown out. Bill Ambeer's mad at the refs. Uh, Have you changed your mind? No. Oh, okay. All no. right. Diana Taurasi's not making eight of 11 threes. Here's the thing about Diana Taurasi's game last night. She made four, maybe five threes off the dribble. Yes. Like, yeah. she was on... Like, Baseline threes off the dribble. Those are yeah. those are shots you're generally yeah. okay with the other team taking. Yes. Like, you're going to take a pull-up three off the dribble? Like, okay. That's okay. Please take more of those. And she couldn't miss. So... I the A's yeah she got blown out you probably need to fix a little bit but I don't think there's much that has to change just because Diana Taurasi is not going to do that again the Mercury are not going to make all of those threes off the dribble again it's not like they were getting just wide open uncontested threes and Taurasi made some ridiculous shots so it doesn't change a lot to me because here's the thing the Aces offensively were great last night the Aces were awesome on offense they were they shot like 50 50 plus percent last night and lost the game by over 20 points. I mean, if you said before the game, if you told either of us, Aces are scoring 91, like, oh, they're up 2-0. Yeah. Like, you'd never even like you'd yeah. never even blink at that. They were awesome on offense. So I don't think there's too much of a concern other than, hey, is Diana Taurasi just simply not going to miss? And I, I don't think she, I, I think she's going to come back to earth and she's going to go three of 11 from three right. in the next or four of 11 or like she did the first game right and then you've got an actual shot to win the game because she's not making every single thing she's because the other part was the aces had a few times where they would start to make a run 
And then the Mercury would just hit some ridiculous yes. three, Shot. contested three, right. and it's, right. oh, okay, I guess they're not making any sort of comeback now. That's crafty wording right there. I give <laughs> you credit. Yeah. Robin Leonard left Thursday's preseason game as a precaution. Uh, Pete DeBoer didn't sound too worried, but it's a little worrisome, isn't it? It is a little worrisome. Uh, well, we're never going to know what it is. Uh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe it's a Charlie horse. They seem to be getting some of those out there now. We can actually Charlie horse actually is uh, we're we're hearing on others. So, yeah, it's worrisome, but because it, it brings doesn't it bring into your mind? And I, look, they said he he said he's not worried, so he probably isn't. Um, and they still have a couple weeks before they start the season. But did it go through your mind with the fan base and flurry? If this guy would start the season injured, can you imagine the nonsensical, by the way, the senseless reaction, but how loud it would be if he doesn't even start the season? Oh, that would be just massive in terms of the tweets and the fans. So here's what would be funny is people would be furious, but the Golden Knights would be still be good. They'd still be fine. And Laurent Brassois would probably be above average goaltender for the Golden Knights. Like Brassois has been, yeah. a, he's, he's been a good backup in his NHL career. Like, it's not like they've got some terrible goalie back there and the rest of the team is awesome. Like I, in all seriousness, like Robin Leonard being hurt, it's not good for the golden Knights. But I, if you told me right now that he's, he's hurt and misses the first 40 games of the year or whatever. Right. <laughs> and Brassois has got to be the goalie for the first 40 games. They're in first place. when Robin Leonard comes. Back. So, that would mean Logan Thompson's not in Henderson. Oh, look at that. Oh, man. He'd Call be the up. backup. He'd be but, the backup. But I, we've talked about it. I think this team is good enough, and the division is bad enough, that if you get average goaltending, they're going to win the division. And if they get below average goaltending, they're still probably making they're the playoffs. They're still probably making the playoffs. So, Brossois should be an average goaltender, even if he's got to play 40 games. Now, granted, he hasn't really done that in his career. I don't think he's had a season where he's played 40 games. But even if he had to, I think he would be fine the real question for the Golden Knights is you need good goaltending in the playoffs. Right. You need Robin Leonard to be ready really in, the good playoffs in the playoffs and be good in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, it's going to look bad, but I don't think it's going to matter unless Brossois is just awful. Like, if Brossois comes in here and is just worst goalie in the league, then obviously you've got some major issues, but I, I don't think that's happening. You know who's available, Jared? Malcolm Subban. Don't, 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 don't get my hopes up. <laughs> What do you think? Bill Foley has looked at 20 different sites for a potential MLS stadium. Uh, LVSportsBiz.com with a story on Foley and his MLS uh, conquest here. They've also considered using Allegiant Stadium as well. But Kerry Bubles, uh, who works for Foley, said the ideal stadium has 18,000 to 20,000 seats. My question is 20 sites. Where the hell are all these sites? 19 of them are in Henderson. <laughs> And then one is probably near Summerlin. So 19 of in Henderson. Deborah March uh, spends months taking Foley around to see all that land out there. And uh, I, we laugh, but has to be the favorite in the clubhouse. He's already down there with his hockey. He seems to like with the names and, and how, you know, the logos and all that. He seems to like consistency in things. Wouldn't shock me at all if he's looking in Henderson for this. Do we have any chance here of Major League Soccer versus the A's for public money? Well, be a lot less for Major League Soccer, right? So you think H so. Henderson could maybe convince himself to do the Major League Soccer and then have the uh, Silver Knights down there and be, you know, be all good. But it uh, might not be a lot less for Major League Soccer. Do you have to put a dome on it? It's a summer sport. Oh, uh, 
I mean, I go to lights games in the summer. They usually kick yeah. off at 7.30 or 8, which by then it's not too bad. I mean, it's still 90 plus degrees right. a lot of the times. But when the sun's down, it's not too bad. So you could get away with it. But that's when you're playing at 8 o'clock at night. Major League Soccer is not going to want to have a team that can only play 8 o'clock at night. No, they want TV and they want to be schedule. in the afternoon. Sure. So if you have to put a roof on it, then... Well, it's a lot more money. Right. It still probably wouldn't cost as much as the baseball right. park would, but it'd be pretty close. Like, either one, you're putting a roof on, it's still going to be, if the baseball stadium costs, what are they, $2 billion? Is that their yep. estimate? Then, they, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a billion for a soccer stadium with a roof on it. Is it half a, is it half a billion on the expansion fee? Uh, Major League Soccer? I'd have to look that up. And because that's where is. the Major League Soccer makes most of its money. Yes. On these expansion fees. Yes, they make the owners make a whole bunch of money. Uh the last the last expansion fee was two hundred million. Oh, I thought it was more. Uh but it goes up every time there's a new okay, team. I thought it was so more. it's so let's say Foley'd have to be three hundred million. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Maybe three fifty or whatever. But yeah, so that that would be would be the expansion fee, uh, or somewhere around there. Maybe we're missing the, the whole so we're burying the lead here. Doesn't have enough for an NBA team, but Jay Bloom buys the uh, major league soccer team. He's got to have at least $300 million with those they, trash fines. I mean, they tell me he's a billionaire. <laughs> that, I don't think he has enough for that either. I don't think so either. I don't think he could buy the whites. He can't even, he can't even pay his trash fees. he got $300 million. Next question. Joel Embiid. Here's a quote he gave yesterday about Ben Simmons. Our teams have always been built around his needs. So it's just kind of surprising to see. Even going back to the reason we signed Al Horford, we got rid of Jimmy Butler, which I still think was a mistake, just to make sure he needed the ball in his hands. Joel Embiid has totally given up on even talking to Ben Simmons again yes, in his exactly. life. I don't think I think Joel want, maybe wanted to be on the plane when Simmons said, "Frog, you don't come on the plane." Yes. He's like, "All right, buddy. Yeah. All right, if you're going to be like that." He's not going. I mean, I the only important thing about Ben Simmons is where he ends up at this point. Yeah, this was so. This was a response to. So there was the report that Ben Simmons want he can't play with Embiid. That he wants to play. That he's gonna. He needs to play with somebody besides Joel Embiid. That Embiid doesn't fit his skill set. And this is Embiid a responding to that, saying, "Hey, we've built the entire roster to fit your skill set." But it's also the bigger concern if you are Ben Simmons right. and you can't play with Joel Embiid. You pretty much can't play with any yeah, center. Nope. True. Like, Embiid's not like a great, like, he's not like some great three-point shooter. So I guess maybe you could play with, like, Robin Lopez or Brooke Lopez or something like that. But Joel Embiid's one of the most versatile centers yeah. in the mm-hmm. NBA. Like, this isn't, oh, Dwight Howard's out there clogging up the paint. Like, he's one of the most versatile yeah. centers. That, if you can't play with him, you cannot play with a center, any center in the NBA. You can't play with anybody who stands in the paint. I mean, they're... Camps are underway. Yeah. What's happening with this guy? I don't know. I have no idea. Might not play the whole season if they don't figure out a way to trade him. Like, Brooklyn Nets are actually uh, holding their camp at my daughter's college. A lot of selfies with uh, with uh, KD. Okay. With your daughter or just people in general? No, she heard about it one day and all her friends got selfies. She went the next day and she just took pictures of KD, but no selfies. Anybody can just walk in and watch them? When they're coming out. When they're coming uh, out. They, but but okay. I will say this for the Brooklyn Nets players. They, she told me they've all stopped for anyone and take a picture, so I give them credit for that. Sometimes they just get on that bus and get the heck out of there, but apparently they've stopped. So good know, for the Brooklyn Nets. Do we know why the Nets are, are trading in California? Because their owner, Joseph Sy, lives in La Jolla. 
what kind of logic is that? The owner doesn't have to be a training camp. <laughs> no, because well, I mean, it's, look, it's not the worst place I mean, in the I world. Guess, I get it, it. It's not I the worst it. place in the world to hold your camp. I get it. It's just like you got to fly across the country just to go to training camp. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I was in California like a you week were just ago, there. and as long as you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. I was not asked one time to see my vaccine my vaccine card. So basically, you mm. could just walk around without a mask and go. Nah, I'm vaccinated. It's she cool. sent me a picture of Kev- Katie getting on the bus yesterday. No mask. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when I was in, yeah, yeah. I went to Cal- I went to San Diego. No vaccinated. Yeah. There's no no mask. No mask or anything like no that. Mask. Yeah. So. I, I mean, it's, look, it's I San get it. Diego. It's just across the whole country. <laughs> know, no, right. it's, you got to allow Kyrie to practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, man. The Dodgers really are never going to catch the Giants. Crawford drives it. Deep left field. It is gone. He's taken Bumgarner deep to the opposite field. Brandon Crawford ties the game at three. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Before we get to the great NL West, the Seattle Mariners might actually make the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> like, do they control the Do they control the destiny? Yes. Wow. It is. Uh, I saw a tweet yesterday that it is the first time since 2001 Jesus. that the Seattle Mariners control their own destiny with five games to go for a playoff spot. <sighs> Did in 2001 they win? Well, they, didn't they win like 106 games? 116 or something. Yeah, the, it's the record for most yeah. regular season wins. Jared, uh, was that Randy Johnson killing the bird? Oh, I don't. I thought that happened in. I no, I think he was in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. By then. Okay, he was in. Oh, he was in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, the Mariners right now are tied with the Red Sox for the second wild card spot. They are both two games behind the Yankees. They are both one game ahead of Toronto. It does not look like the Yankees are going to fall back to the pack to give us the great three-way tie for two spots. We could have a three-way tie for one spot, but there's a really good chance we end up with at least a one-way tie for one of the for the last wild card spot, which would give us a game 163. Loser season is over. Winner would go on to play the one-game wild card in New York. Well, maybe Boston should stop losing to Baltimore and they don't have a chance. That was a horrible loss yesterday. That's tough. They lost two out of three. Yeah, they, that's, they, that's so not good. This week, the Yankees in Toronto played right. Big, big series between two teams in the wild card race. Meanwhile, the Red Sox got to go play Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. Who is terrible. And the Red Sox lost two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles. Brutal. That's absolutely brutal. And now because of that and because the Mariners have won like 11 of 12 or something stupid like that, the Mariners are now tied with Boston for the final wild card spot. And it's, listen, the Mariners are not good. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to explain this, but they're not a good baseball team. I'd like to see them get in, though. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be funny. You like funny stuff. I'd like to see them get in. Who do you, I mean? Do you really want? I give you a choice right now. You want the Red Sox or Mariners to get in? I want Toronto. Toronto is far okay. and away the most fun team of these four that could make it. But I gave you the Red Sox or Mariners. I ignored your two choices and <laughs> created it my own. Matter. Ignored it completely. <laughs> uh, sure, I'll take the Mariners, yes. I guess. I, okay, here's... As an Astros fan, somebody needs to beat the Tampa Bay Rays. 
Because if I've got to watch the Astros lose to the Tampa Bay Rays in the playoffs again, I'm going to oh, lose it. You should. I, I you'd, hate... be, you'd be me and the Dodgers at that point. Here's the thing. Like, as an Astros fan, losing to the Yankees would suck because the Yankees are insufferable and they're the, right there with the Dodgers for the angriest teams about the Astros cheating. But for whatever reason, the Tampa Bay Rays, I think, would make me even more upset if the Astros lost to them again. Because I know they have the best record in the American League. They're not good. That is not a good baseball team. You told me they weren't good last year in the World Series. And you're welcome. (laughs) They're not good. I know they have the best record. I'm 100% convinced they're not a good baseball team. The Astros beat them four out of six times this year, too, and I am horrified to play them because losing that team is a nightmare. They just run around and make these random-ass diving catches, and somehow that leads to them winning games. It's unbelievable. They're not good at this sport, and they keep winning games. Doesn't make Man. any sense. And if the Astros lose to them in the playoffs, I'm gonna be so upset. I'd rather lose to the Yankees than the than the White Sox and the or excuse me, the uh, or the White Sox or the White the Sox. Rays. It's a nightmare. The team's a nightmare. No one talks about the White Sox. They've they've been on cruise control for three yeah, no, months. No, no one no one talks. Their about division that. is so bad. They haven't had to play. They haven't played a meaningful game since June. Indians Indians are gonna finish 13 out by far, the uh, second place team yeah. in terms of the distance between the margin. Yeah. I yeah. mean the. Other thing about the White Sox is, isn't it the the biggest story that they had all season was their own coach basically saying, you should throw at my guys. Yeah. Like, that yes. was the only, yes. like, interesting thing yes. that happened. To that need uh, got mad at his player for hitting a home run on yeah. a 3 Oh, yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. A complete nut job. <laughs> like, who cares? So, Dodgers, Giants. It's over, man. You've been telling me for two months the Giants don't lose, and they really don't lose. And they don't lose. lose. They don't lose. It's over. (laughs) They don't win fun. They are not a fun team to watch. I told someone yesterday your stat uh, about 41 and 18 and picking up one game, and they just almost passed out. That's impossible. It's impossible. The the Dodgers over the last 54 games have one of the six best records in the history of baseball over a 53-game stretch, and they made up one game on the Giants. Who again? I there, I haven't watched them as much as I've seen Tampa this year. I'm not convinced the Giants are good at this sport either. Well, I'm not convinced, but they've done what they needed to right. do. Right, they win a lot of games, but I'm not convinced that's a good team. I'm more. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to have to say the Padres, but just starting the year, starting the year. If I told you the Giants are going to win maybe 107, 108, and beat out the Dodgers, or the Padres are going to be 27 games out. <laughs> I think I'd have to stay with the Giants, but I'm happier about the Padres. Yeah, the Giants one is definitely more surprising. Uh, absolutely. Like, they're going to win 108 games because right, obviously yeah. they're not going to lose to the Padres this weekend. <laughs> That's not going to happen, which means the Padres will finish 30 games out with that lineup. Yeah. 30. It's uh, the Giants. It's it's incredible that they could win 108 games or whatever that number would end no, up. No, it'll being. be 108. They're at 105 right now. They have three left. It'll it's incredible. Like that, I, I'm telling you, that's not a great team. Every prediction had them finishing third in the NL West and only third yes. because the Diamondbacks and Rockies. Yes, suck. exactly. Like every prediction was like, yeah, they don't have a chance. Like they're kind of old, and but everybody's on. The, I, I'm telling you, if there's a team that's cheating with trash cans, it's the Giants. This might be it, Tyler. This might be it. I've seen several reports. Scherzer to either St. Louis's hometown or back to Washington. Oh, there's already reports yes. about it? Corey Seager to the Yankees or Philadelphia. This is it. This might be it. This might be the last run. We'll never buy players again. We I never hope, we oh, never tend to on. we never tend to do that come by players. 
You'll end up signing Carlos Correa. I, I was just going to say, <laughs> Seager's going to go to the Yankees. And I was like, you know, I would take Correa. <laughs> take him off your hands and give him $300 million. Okay. I would be devastated. Oh, you'd be devastated. It would be funny. Yes. It would be hilarious. If they gave him like $300 million. If the Dodgers signed Carlos, oh, that'd be the funniest thing that could happen. Be He'd unbelievably be funny. Oh, he's He'd be phenomenal. Good. He's, I think he's leading the American League in war outside of Otani, who's kind of a cheat code because he gets to pitch and hit. I think oh. he's leading the American. He's leading position players. I think in the American League in war this year because he's been probably the best defensive shortstop in all of baseball, and he's hit a career high twenty five home runs. Like he's been excellent this year. Do you think they sign or resign him? See, no. I, I, oh, you don't. The Astros? Oh, you think he's gone? Yeah, they. Uh, he wants well, a, the first offer was not even going to be considered. He wants a 10-year deal, and I don't think the Astros front office has any interest in giving any player a 10-year deal. I don't I don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> Dodgers will. Yeah. <laughs> Line I, up. Like, I don't think, like, they didn't offer him a ton of, uh, like, yearly money. They were, I think, what was it, like 25 or 23? It wasn't they didn't, enough. They didn't offer him, like, the $30 million a year. No. I, I honestly think if Correa would accept, like, a five-year deal where he's getting $33 million a year, I think the Astros would sign him if he was going to accept that. But Correa is the youngest of all the shortstops. He's only twenty-seven up on the years old, right? He's gonna he is gonna want a ten-year deal, and if somebody's willing to give it to him, yeah, he's gone. The, I think the only hope the Astros have is if is if nobody else offers him the ten-year deal. If if all the other offers are well, it'd only be a few teams that would do that anyway, right? But like, and because there's a fairly deep shortstop clash, right? If the Yankees were to right. say sign Corey Seager right. or something like that, and if Trevor Story uh, or whatever, there's a bunch of shortstops. If if other teams sort of scooped up some of these other shortstops and nobody offered Correa the ten year deal, then then I could see the Astros coming in and signing him to whatever a five or six year deal for a bunch of money. But they just, I do not think they'll go ten years because and listen. It usually doesn't work out. You sign a guy to a 10-year deal when he's 27, you're getting maybe four or five good years. Yeah, but 10 years the never day, work out. It's like the Kevin Brown old right. contracts. It doesn't work you're out. You're getting the pools contract out. where yeah. you're, get, you're, you're paying for what he did, not what right. he's going to do, and 10 years is a long time. So it's probably smart in the long term. The other, Here's the other concern that I'm fairly convinced they're not doing it. One of their top five prospects is a shortstop, uh, the Astros, but he can't hit. Well, maybe he can hit. He's really good defensively. They don't know if he can hit, but – they signed a guy from Cuba in January who's like 22 and he was like the number two Cuban prospect, but he's older than most Cuban prospects. So they're like, he should be ready to play soon in the major leagues. He's a center fielder, terrific defensive center fielder. They started putting him at shortstop in, in minor leagues. So they've been, and how already, was he? Uh, he got hurt <laughs> sliding oh, okay. into second. So he only played like 10 games there, but they've already been like, Hey, let's try out our best minor league guy at shortstop. See if he can do that because somebody has got to replace Carlos Correa next year. So no, I don't think they're resigning him. They're doing the opposite. They did with Tatis who Tatis should always yeah. been an outfielder anyway to save him. Yeah. Save Astros, his body. Yeah. Astros are just looking for somebody to fill the shortstop goal <laughs> because well, we got a bunch of outfielders. Did you see Tatis hit it out last night? He did. He got it up, it bounced it hit, off the roof. He, he bounced it off the roof and went out. Yeah, I uh, had. I flipped over to the Giants game, and they were they had a camera shot out there where they were like, this is where the ball landed. It's just these people eating at a picnic table. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Did you see the Vlad Guerrero? It touched the, yes. the wall and, and it came right back. back in. Yeah, flew back in. Boy. That's got to suck. Boy, Muncy's face as Tatis went around the bases, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy hits it that far, you're like, oh, my God. Good thing you guys can't pitch, because you'd be a problem if we had to play you in the playoffs. Uh. All right, coming up next, Sam Gordon joins the show.
Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. So, Sam... WNBA semifinals are tied up 1-1 between the Aces and the Mercury. How much last night, when you look back at it, is it just, you know what, there's not much the Aces could have done, Diana Taurasi wasn't going to miss, versus how much do the Aces need to actually change or make some adjustments going into Game 3? Yeah, I would say um, probably 50-50, Tyler. I think Diana Taurasi in the second half, when she really got hot, I mean, she extinguished any, any hopes of a comeback, but even early on, um, right when the game started, you could tell the Aces were out of sync defensively. They're just a step slow, a step slow in their rotations. Um, they were, they weren't, they didn't play with the sense of urgency necessary uh, to take a two nothing lead. Phoenix played harder. They were, they were, they were uh, much more tight and in sync uh, with their offense. They were moving the ball. They were ready uh, for what the Aces were doing defensively. I thought in Game One, the Aces did a good job of mixing double teams and Brittany Griner, uh, especially in the second quarter. I keyed a 15-2 run. They were able to take the lead, but the you know, the very first possession of the game, they run a hard double at Griner, and she drops a dime to a cutting Brianna Turner. They were much more ready for what the Aces were going to do defensively. And then offensively, um, the Aces just didn't, just didn't move the ball uh, the way they were accustomed to. They, they certainly, I mean, it's not like they had any problems scoring by any means. I mean, they were still efficient on offense and, and got some good offensive performances. But when you're giving up 117 points on one end, <laughs> if that's what you're going to do, you got to be a lot more sharp on the offensive end. Um, I, I thought Asia Wilson... Uh, could definitely use more touches, um, more, more shot looks, especially early in the game. She'll be at four shots in the first half. And, uh, and and the Aces still need to, you know, to get Liz Cambage back up to speed. I thought she was really effective in the 24 minutes she played, especially on offense. I think there's still um, a little bit of issues defensively. I thought Phoenix went at her early on but in the game, uh, attacking her and picking rolls, but she was better in the second half. So uh, as she continues to get her win back, they're going to need her to, to, to hang with Brittany Griner because as good as Diana Taurasi was, it was really Brittany Griner, I thought, who keyed that start uh, with 17 points in the first quarter. So, uh, it's you know, it's a series. It's a series now, 1-1. I don't think the Aces are panicking by any means, but they are going to have to be sharper, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They were the number two rated uh, defensive team in the WNBA this year. Uh, a tremendous all season. And yesterday they played like the you know like the number twelve team in the league. It just they were they were slow in transition. Uh, they were not in sync. They were slow in their rotations in the half court. And and like you said, Diana Taurasi at the you know in the second half when she's making shots like that, I think there is a demoralizing element to it where, where she's coming off the dribble and hitting one contested triple after another. The crowd was in awe of the performance, and yeah, yeah, yeah I think the aces kind of were too. Um, so you know you move on. And now you, you're going to game three in Phoenix where it's going to be a hostile environment against a team with championship experience. And I do think the Aces will be ready to play. Yeah, We uh, want to know about Bill Lambeer. Well, first of all, he said we're, they're treating us like champions, which makes no sense because champions actually get calls. So we have no idea what that meant because when he said they're treating us like champions, so correct us if we're wrong, usually the championship team will get calls. Was this Bill Lambeer? Because it's really weird to talk about refs after you give up 117. Was this Bill Lambeer wanting them to hear this so he gets calls in the next game? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a psychological component to this. And, and you know, Bill Lambeer has been, he's been doing this a long time, right? He's been in the game for 40, 40 plus years uh, doing this basketball thing. And I think that's, that's precisely what it was. The Aces, this season actually led the league in, in free throw attempts. 
um, and we're one of the best teams in the league at not allowing free throws. So uh, that's, you know, he, he cited that too in a, later in the press conference and, you know, wondering what changed. But um, I, the officiating to me last night had very little to do with the outcome. Uh, there were a couple ticky-tack questionable calls, definitely one on a Diana Taurasi three-pointer uh, early in the third quarter where Jackie Young, you know, may have nicked Diana a little bit, but it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, and that, that sent the crowd into a tizzy, and Lambeer wasn't too happy about that. But he's just planting the seed um, for, for game three, trying to put a little bit of pressure on the officials. Uh, the, the Aces led the league in free throws primarily because they play through their posts and, and have players that draw free throws. But that was, just wasn't the case last night um, with, with Asia Wilson not getting you know her normal amount of touches and then with Liz Cambage still not playing her, you know, her 30 or 32 minutes. So uh, we'll, we'll see how – we'll see if it plays a role um, in game three if, if the, the Aces get a more favorable whistle. But in terms of the outcome last night, I mean, they, like you said, they, they just weren't good enough defensively to win that game one way or the other. It, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, if the whistle was even or not, the way they defended it, it just it, it was a, it was a non-factor. So, um, you know, little mind games by Bill Lambeer. We'll see if it pays off on Sunday. You mentioned Liz Cambage. Do they need her at a hundred percent to win this series, or can they get by if she's still kind of going through a conditioning routine while the series is going on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I definitely think they need her as close to 100% as possible. And um, that's just you know, a big part of that is defensively. I mean, Brittany Griner um, was, was tremendous yesterday. And it wasn't just, you know, of course she can space the floor and some of those pick and pops, um, you know, were tough. We're, we're tough for the aces of Bill Ambuke, uh, you know, acknowledged yesterday that you got to concede something and, and they're comfortable, uh, relatively comfortable living with, with her stepping into those jumpers. Uh, but you got to contest a little better. And then this campaign, you know, at six, eight, is, is just more effective, you know, defending her, defending Brittany Griner in the post than Kia Stokes is, who, who's only 6'3". So um, as good as as good of, as good as Kia Stokes has played uh, the last, you know, three weeks or so, four weeks, um, as Liz Cambage has worked her way back from COVID-19, she's just now Liz Cambage. So Liz gives them a lift uh, on the offensive end as well. She, you know, gets physical around the basket and can, and can draw free throws and foul attempts. And she did that a little bit yesterday, but I think where they need her the most is, it's just like with Brittany Griner at 6'8". She can protect the rim. She can deter drives. She, she, she can be a really, really disruptive defender uh, when she's, you know, when she's really going like that. But uh, there was just, she was just wasn't, uh, just wasn't effective enough over throughout the course of the game in order to really, to really limit um, what, what Phoenix was doing. So if they can get more minutes from her, and, and you know, it's not nothing she can do about it. She's playing really, really hard, and you could tell how, ba- how bad she wants to win. And how hard she's competing, but it's just it's a tricky situation for the Aces to have to manage during a playoff series against a team with with three Olympians. So they're going to try and need, they're going to try and get more out of her for sure. And, and anything she can give them, like I said, especially on the defensive end, is going to be crucial uh, if the Aces want to tip the series and, and steal one of these games of Phoenix. Kelsey Plum back to back twenty fives. So last night it's a quiet one though because they just get kind of blown out and uh, she's you know she's efficient ten of seventeen. Uh, can she keep this up and how important is it for her to do that? Yeah, I think she can. I think this is this is definitely sustainable for her. Um, you know, over the last month of the season in September, she won Western Conference Player of the Month honors. Um, you're averaging you're like twenty one uh, twenty one points, like fifty seven percent shooting or something like that, forty seven percent from three. Now I'm not saying those that kind of efficiency every single night is sustainable. But she's found a rhythm. I mean, she she knows she's a hundred percent sure who he is as a player or who she is as a player, and the Aces know who she is as a player too, and have empowered her to to play her game. And what we've seen um, throughout the course of the year, and really in the last six weeks or so, is is the Kelsey Plum who who led the, the nation to scoring at Washington 
uh, who's coming off screens, you know, shooting the three ball with confidence, getting to the basket, finishing through contact, um, attacking from the mid range. And then, you know, there's an unselfish component of her game as well. It's not like she's, she's forcing anything. So she's been very, very steady on the offensive end of the floor and gives them a, a shot creation element and a shot making element from the perimeter that I think is going to be crucial, uh, especially if Phoenix continues to, to limit uh, what, what, what the aces want to do with their posts, uh, two very, very quiet games. Now, from, from the front court as a whole, it worked in game one because the guards were so, 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 so good. Um, obviously, again, I thought the Aces didn't have any problems scoring last night, but it's just not going to matter if you give up those many points. So, uh, But as far as Plum is concerned, she, this is who she, I think this is who she is as a player moving forward. Not that it's going to be 25 points uh, every single night, but, but there's going to be a dynamic element to her game on offense, and she can put pressure on, on, on defenses in a way that few guards uh, in the league can right now. She's in a, a heck of a groove, and they're going to need her to continue to play this way moving forward. Here's a one UNLV practice hot take. Michael Nuga is going to be the best player on the team. But that That is one heck of a hot take, but I, there's there's an element to him that uh, that is unique. I mean, at, just, you know, at his size, you know, being a, at 6'2", um, shoots the ball well. I mean, he gets to the basket, a handle. Uh, I think there's a leadership element to him, and there's, a you know, a, a charisma and a moxie that I think is going to, going to rub off on this team as well. So, I mean, he's a, a proven proven player at his previous stops, you know, with the, with the production he had, the efficiency he had. Uh, and I can, I can see where you're coming from. There's, there's an element to him that, that the UNLV hadn't had in previous years. And that there's, there's, there's definitely something to work with that Kevin Kruger has, not just from Michael Nuga, but with some of the other transfers. I mean, the athleticism uh, compared to last year's night and day, and, and that's something the players and Kruger had talked about um, as well, that they wanted to upgrade in that area. And, and you know, he has he brings a lot of skill to the table, um, too. You know, coming off knee surgery, ACL injury, really quick recovery. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a dynamic scorer and is going to be able to make some plays for other guys uh, as well throughout the course of the season. Second UNLV practice hot take. No one in the world has ever recovered from plantar fasciitis faster than Tate Martell, and it's because of chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, that was a quick, that was a quick recovery. He goes from from wearing the boot to the, you know two days later, uh, he's he's a full participant in making things happen in practice. But yeah, I think I think it might be the wings and that that, that the secret the secret sauce that, that that went on and got him got him back right. So we'll see if he dresses tomorrow. Uh, Marcus Ware said earlier in the week that they're probably going to hold him out um, throughout the bye, but maybe that changes with his status this week. We'll have to see. Uh, does UNLV win a game this season? You feel better after the Fresno State performance? I uh, certainly feel better about the Fresno State performance, but I think the, I mean, the cru- most crucial element is they got to keep their starting quarterback. I mean, he has to get through a game healthy. I think we've seen Doug Brumfield, you know, the, the three three games he's played, portions of the three games he's played, uh, just gives him a dynamic element. I mean, he can run, he's got a big arm, and there's a confidence and poise about him in the pocket that I think we've seen um, increase as he continues to get more reps. He's led some long, long drives. There's a rhythm to the offense when he's out there, but – he, he hasn't finished the game yet this year or hasn't played a game from start to finish. So if he's healthy and if they can get him through a game, I think they sneak one in there somewhere uh, in the Mountain West schedule. But if not, I think it's, it's a tall order. I think we've seen some improvement from Cameron Friel from game one to game two, but, but, but Brumfield just adds another layer uh, with his offense. And, and the more reps he's going to get, Tyler Wright, the more improvement I think you're going to see. And that gives him obviously a better chance to win a game later in the year. But, um, as of right now, without him under center, without him playing a football quarters, I have a hard time envisioning a way for him to get a win. Well, he is Sam Gordon from the Review Journal covering just about everything. Thanks, everything. Sam. We appreciate it. Thanks, Sam.
All right, thanks, guys. Uh, happy Friday. Have a great weekend. He covers UNLV football and basketball. He covers the Raiders. He covers the Aces. And yesterday, like I'm driving home, I told Jared, he gets hold of me, did you get your fight credential for Fury and Wilder? I'm like, Jesus, what does this kid not do? I'm like, yes, I just got you it. Just te- you texted back, there's a fight? <laughs> I actually had fr- I t- totally forgotten about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, when's that? I thought it was like a month from now. He goes, it's next Saturday. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. There's a fight. All right. We've got, what do we got, $400 on the line? Yeah. We got money to give away. You guys got to pick some of these games right for once, though. Unbelievable. We So it's Donald Lone Center's Friday Football Frenzy. We give you three NFL games. You just got to pick the winners. No point spreads. Just the winners of those three games. We got $400 on the line because it keeps rolling over every week. And so far, nobody's won. Hell, we've had nine games picked. Only two winners have been picked out of the nine in three weeks. 400 bucks. Come on, get on it. Get on so it. So if you think you can get the winner of the three NFL games we give you, call it now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You got a chance to win $400. 702-364-1100. I'm feeling great, first of all. And uh, it's good to be back. And we're just getting on with get on with business as, as usual here. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. We've got $400 this week to give away. Just pick the winner of three NFL games. It's Friday Football Frenzy, thanks to Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Just stop by one of their 31 Las Vegas locations. We got Reed. All right, Reed, here's your first game. Detroit at Chicago. All right, man. I wish I could take neither, but I'm going to go with Chicago. All right. So we got the Bears for the first game. Second game for you, Cleveland at Minnesota. All right. We're going to have Minnesota winning this one at home. All right. And the last one, Baltimore at Denver. Uh, Baltimore takes out Denver. All right. So we got you in for the Bears, Vikings, and Ravens. If all three win... You will get $400, Reed. If not, that will roll over and we'll have $500 to give away next week. Uh, good luck, Reed. Thank you. Thanks, Reed. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care, buddy. All right, you guys got to do faith in Bears, Vikings, bucks. Ravens. Yeah, 400 bucks. Yeah, nobody can win. Good for him. We can't even get somebody close either. No. It's unbelievable. Nobody's won more than one game yet. I thought you were going to throw in the Buffalo game just to be nice to them. Give oh, them an easy oh, one. Don't give easy ones out over here. It's $400. <laughs> You're not even picking spreads. You're just picking winners. Come on. So Reed, if uh, Reed pulls that off again, he'll take home 400 bucks. If not, we'll have $500 oh, to give away today. on Friday football. Clay Frenzy. and I got to 900 once. We got 900 we last got year. Oh, nine, you got 900 yeah, last yeah. year? Last, yeah. last year at 900. So thanks. But Clay and I got to 900 and the guy brought us Starbucks gift cards. We did not get Starbucks <laughs> gift cards last year. I think our guy went, thanks for the money. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I pick it up? We need a better winner, apparently. Yes. So good luck to Reed. We'll see if he can pull this off or not. Uh, but now, Ed, I guess you've got a chance to explain yourself. I got to read this, to I explain read this myself. tweet. You do, though. No, I don't. You do. No. I got to read this tweet. Because the tweet is by an idiot. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, this is from Adam Hill. He said, today I learned Ed Graney doesn't do Wi-Fi on his phone. Like he has never connected to Wi-Fi on his phone. Is this really a thing? No. Uh, Cassie will also uh, say this is true at 930, and she will be lying too. Yesterday, I wanted to download her stupid game, and I had just changed my Apple 
password like two days before because my daughter changes it every day for some reason because she wants all her apps and stuff. So I changed it, and I wasn't really sure where we changed it. So I'm struggling remembering what our I, Apple iPad word is. And she's like, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? Are you on wireless? And I was trying to get out of there because I had to, an appointment. I said, I said, no. And then I said, no, I'm not doing that nonsense, like taking the time to get on wireless to learn, get the password and everything. I'm not doing that nonsense right now. Adam hears this. He's down the, the table from me. And he goes, is that true? Now, Adam is an idiot. And usually he'll say a lot of things to me that I don't even listen to, as he admitted on our podcast last night. I don't listen to half the things Adam say. I looked at him, and I waved him off and said no, as if, be quiet, we don't want to hear from you. He thought I meant, no, I don't do wireless on the phone. Immediately goes, and his fingers go like this, I'm tweeting that, I'm tweeting that, because he's got to tweet everything. So this has been completely embellished, and if we had Willie Ramirez here, he would confirm that right when I get into T-Mobile each time, I put wireless in my phone. Right when I get into Thomas and Macphone, I put wireless in my phone. This is embellished. It's lies. It's misquoted. I mean, <laughs> and yet they will stay with this. And then the, the thing I hate about this, Adam tweets it. Then I got to do like 100 notifications. What are you talking about? You're an idiot. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, I, I start muting every conversation. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't care about you. I don't like people. I just, I, I absolutely love the idea of knowing what we know about you. That it would logically track that you wouldn't use the thing that's free. Exactly. Over. Exactly. Over data, which would cost more. Now, one thing one listener said back is true. I tend to get to airports very early. Okay, hold on. First, before we get to the airport thing, is your phone right now connected to the Wi-Fi in this building? No chance, because I don't know the password. Oh, not, <laughs> not good evidence for you, Ed. Not good evidence. I, mean, I can give you the password. You just have to ask. <laughs> no, I games. I have What's it. Your I have it connected. On? I have it connected. Uh, wireless, but I got right. the password like ten years ago, so it always just picks it up. <laughs> it's true. Picks okay. it up automatically. Okay, how early do you get to the airport? <sighs> I've I've been there three hours early. Oh man, that's not minimum. Minimum's two hours. Minimum is two minimum. hours. Two hours, and I have TSA, so I get through TSA in like two minutes. Oh man! Oh my oh. god! <laughs> <laughs> the only reason to get there early is because of the security line. I know, you and I, I just it. go right through it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Adam last night said if he has a nine thirty nine thirty plane flight, he said is. Alarm will go off at 7:50. I said you'd have to carry me out in a box. <laughs> I, I, I'd pass out dead. They'd be carrying me in a box to the to the oh. airport, sweating profusely as I'm dead. Fun fact that I learned that multiple airlines have different policies about what happens when someone dies mid-flight. <laughs> okay. No, if I get on, I won't die. It's just getting to the airport early enough. No, sorry. This is just one of those random things that, like shipping chickens, that I just... know for some reason. And apparently, like Air Tokyo has like a special bin. That they put the person they put the put the person in. Well, I heard you guys yesterday. We can throw Millard up there That's uh, right. if anything happens him on a flight. Toss Millsy up there. No, I get there very early. Three hours. Oh. Well, not always. That that I that happened a couple times, but usually it's two minimum. Last week, I um I almost ran off the road because long term parking was closed, so I had to go like off campus parking, which is only like two feet further. I said I'm not get, I'm not getting there. I will not be in time. As I get like a parking space, I'm running to the shuttle, and the people are looking at me like it's weird that I'm running. I'm two hours early, yeah. and then I get to the gate, and I always think, why am I so early? Right, you just sit there and do you nothing. Just, you go to the TGI Fridays Express and I, have a margarita. I've been early enough to where people are uh, uh, coming off the plane. Which is good. It happens to be the plane before it's my not land. Your plane. 
Yes. It's like, oh, cool. I just made it. I'm, I'm late. I'm late. Like, this is the plane to, like, El Paso, not the one to, you know, Phoenix, wherever I'm flying to. I am pretty good getting there, like, an hour before. Okay, an hour? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Pretty good. Hour before, and I'm still like, oh, I'm here too early. Um, <laughs> the Jackson, Mississippi airport. You can walk in two minutes before your flight takes off. Well, there. how many gates are there? Two? <laughs> Eight? Maybe? <laughs> Active? Maybe two. They're at, like, nothing. You, like, oh, just walk in. You're the only <laughs> one there. Walk through security. Get on the plane. You're good to go. KCI? Yeah. <laughs> Same exact yeah. thing. You basically there's a there's your gate and there's a security guard. Right. And you walk right through. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're the you're the only one. I it's... might go a little earlier than or excuse me, later than. Oh. I might I might show if up. If you showed up three hours early to a flight in Mississippi. Well it might be closed. The airport yeah. might be locked and they'd down. Be looking at you like, what are you doing here? <laughs> we can't I've gotten there early enough to where the lady goes, We can't check your bag in yet. <laughs> We haven't assigned a number to the plane. It's true. Your flight is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? Why are you checking a bag? Oh, do you get on the Wi-Fi at the airport? Yes. Oh. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Good news for you. That's free.